0: Welcome, everyone, to our next episode of Real Talk, and we are excited to be back again and talking to um, some brothers again, which is great. So I'm going to let Jen uh, introduce our guest today. Right on. Thanks,
1: Leanne, and welcome back, everybody. Uh, yes, we have two brothers today that we're chatting with from Thunder Bay, Josh and John. Now, forgive me if I say it wrong. Buosi?
2: Buosi. Buosi.
1: Okay, my apologies. Josh and John Buosi. Who are brothers in Thunder Bay. Um, Steph and I connected with Josh probably ten years ago, maybe even longer by now, um, in an entirely different way context. and in an entirely different context. And then we kind of um, went our separate ways, and and life kind of took over for a while. And I was so excited to reconnect about six months ago or so uh, through Facebook, which is always uh, a great platform to kind of reconnect, and saw that. Josh was um, into real estate investing with his brother. So welcome, guys. And I'm dying to hear what happened to get you where you are now, because I know the last time we spoke, Josh, which was um, probably eight or nine years ago,
2: yeah.
1: um, you were most certainly not in a, in a real estate type field. So welcome. And um, why don't you kind of give us a little bit about where you came from and how you found your way into this kind of setup.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Uh, Excited to be on. Um, Yeah, like you said, Jen, it's been a long time and lots has changed since the last time we chatted. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we were, when we saw each other last, I had, um, I think I was still in school or maybe finishing it. So I got my university degree in geology and went and started working in mining. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of quickly realized that it maybe wasn't for me. Um, I had to work at a town for it and I I enjoyed some of the work, but I really didn't like the lifestyle of working at a town. Yep. Um, so I did that for a while. Um, I ended up working in mining for, for seven years total. Um, but it was only, you know, it was probably only one or two years in where I was like, I'm not doing this forever. Like I, I got to find a way out of this and yeah. you know, something else that's going to give me the lifestyle I want. Um, so I started off kind of just, you know, thankfully working in mining, I made a good good salary and was able to kind of put money away and start to get myself set up. Um, and I. Um, yeah, bought, bought my first property, kind of started to get into it. And um, and then, you know, five years down the road now, I, I wanted to kind of find a way out a little quicker um and got excited like got into the real estate investing and then ended up getting my real estate license um during COVID. yep um and as a way to get me out quicker um than accumulating all the rental properties you need to live off of so i uh, got my real estate license and then yeah i just quit my full-time career in mining in december
2: wow, wow. Well,
1: congratulations
3: oh, That's, thank you uh, yeah, it's, a, it's exciting times it really is
1: <laughs> and it's amazing because you're not very old to have figured that out like i only wish we could go back and do that piece differently right and just imagine where we would be kind of on that cusp of turning 30 and and you've got so so much coming you know that yeah. that's going to be wonderful but and that's the great thing about investing and and we've all had those conversations right unhappy careers jobs that we loved when we started but maybe turned into something that wasn't what we wanted long term you know and and priorities change and and all of those kinds of things so great for you yeah well, what do. about what about you john what's your your background
3: yeah so i i came out of high school kind of had a couple options and, and decided to do the same route i i went to college uh got my diploma started university wasn't for me found a found a good job working out of town um in construction but again same thing didn't like the out-of-town lifestyle Um, I've been able to transfer to an in-town role which has been what the saving grace really Mm -hmm. Um, so still doing that Um, so I I look after uh, like site coordination and project managing estimating for uh, like a commercial industrial contractor Um, and so that's that's given me the the skills to kind of work our way into the renovation world, that kind of thing. And, uh, and yeah, up and up from here. But, uh, but same thing, it was, it was the out of town lifestyle that, that, you know, pushed, pushed me into a different direction of, of wanting to uh, find something else. Awesome.
1: And you guys, for what you do and kind of what you bring to the table, it's very complimentary. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And and it's, it's, it's really full circle and you cover all your bases with what the two of you bring as a skill set, which I think is, is super important. And we've had that conversation with Mike and Leanne repeatedly, right? Is that not everybody can be a forward. Not everybody can be a defenseman. Like your team needs different people that do different jobs and you guys are real. It seems like you're really good at different things, which creates the balance.
3: For sure. Yeah. And it's been good too, because I had experience with project management. That's kind of what I did in mining too. So I kind of understand his side of the Like the way we're kind of setting up our business is basically that I'm our acquisitions manager being, you know, the realtor, right? So then I go out, find the deals and find the investors and then kind of hand things off to him to manage the project. But it's helpful that I've got a bit of that project management experience, too, to kind of help out with his side since he's still, you know, working his full time job. Exactly. Josh can look after things from nine to five and then I take over after that. So it, we make a good team right now.
2: That's so great. So what did
0: what is what is your investing look like? like what um, what type of markets are you doing? Are you doing, you know, um, short term rentals, you know, long term rentals, like, you know, flips? What, what do you what do you what are you doing?
3: Yeah, so right now um, we have, between the two of us, we have four small multifamilies, so three duplexes and a triplex in Thunder Bay. Mm -hmm. Um, All of them are long-term rentals. We haven't gotten into the short-term rentals yet. Um, It's something we've been kind of considering now that we didn't really, I've I've looked at the Airbnbs. I have, um, uh, my girlfriend actually has one and my um, parent, our parents have one as well. Um, And they're interesting, but we kind of didn't want to, we liked the... know low hours that you put in as a you know a long-term investor as as opposed to the all of the hours you have to put in managing a short-term rental Mm -hmm. um but recently we've actually had more um you know like cleaning companies that'll do an airbnb for you in thunder bay and now we actually have a um property manager that will also manage your short-term rental for you in thunder bay so now that you can set it up as a bit more passive it's something that we're we're looking into to have that kind of taken over um but when it first started happening here um i was kind of you know not really interested in having to deal with messaging airbnb g- guests all the time and uh you know doing cleaning myself or things like that we got some we got some good first-hand experience from our parents
2: <laughs> oh my god
3: the <laughs> hours ben- they in so it kind of kind of turned us turned us away from that and and Josh just started with you know house hacking with the first with uh with his first place um so it was just kind of a natural progression to to stay in the long term uh, rental field right now
1: yeah and yeah, you know, that's...
3: all of our pro- properties are we're, we're really into doing like renovations and stuff like all of our properties have yeah. kind of been a fairly major renovation project so we're pretty much all doing the fur strategy on small multi-families yeah. in Thunder bay
2: oh and you're
1: saving so much money doing your own stuff like I just, I'm so excited for you because it's, I know what renos are worth and I know what we pay contractors. And I'm like, ah, oh, imagine if we could do that ourselves. Like, if I, well, could- and
3: that's the main transition we're in right now is like we did our first two uh, major projects mostly ourselves, you know, like hiring out things like plumbing, electrical, and stuff that we weren't mm-hmm. um, as good at. But now we're in the process of building up our contractor teams to be hiring everything out just because, you know, when you're trying to do everything yourself like it takes too long right like you got to kind of focus on what you're what you're good at and what you're doing and so we'd rather be managing contractors and managing projects as opposed to um doing all the work ourselves just because you know i'm trying to focus on being a realtor which as you know jen is quite a busy task
1: oh yeah no you got Um, lots of balls in the air for sure
3: yeah and then you know john's still working full-time it's hard to be getting our hands dirty that often and keeping a project moving on time so yeah not.
1: Go ahead Jen. Sorry, I was just going to say and to be to be able to scale and grow, you need to and it's so funny because we were just talking about this before you guys joined us, was to be mm-hmm. able to grow and scale and and make your portfolio bigger and better and more stable and you need to be a little bit hands off. Like that yeah. control part it it tends to consume you and consume your time and consume your headspace and for us, we've been hands off right from the beginning. We've never managed our own stuff. Steph will sometimes project manage, depending on if it's in town or like how big it is or or that kind of stuff. But now we're so focused on other markets where there's better price points and better cash flow. And 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 once we became super comfortable with the idea of somebody else taking care of our stuff, all of a sudden it was like, oh, ah, you know, and 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 it was <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, we can go anywhere. Like we can literally go anywhere yeah. in the world because what does it matter whether the building is 10 minutes away if we're not taking care of it or like 10 hours away?
3: Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Exactly. And that's where we're at. It it took us a while to get our first few projects done and, and you just get burnt out when you're, when you're working your full-time job than going going to the property after hours and work until 10 and eating late dinners, you burn out quick. So oh yeah,
1: cheeseburgers in a beat yeah, exactly. up room with no walls yeah. and cold cups of coffee. We've been there, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> a, a busy eight or nine hour, 10 hour work day. And then going to chuck hammers around at a <laughs> renovation project for another few hours. after. I think
1: we've all lived that life, honestly. Like, and I know we've eaten cold cheeseburgers and drank cold coffee more, more evenings mm. than I could count. And you know what, when the kids were younger, they were with us, right? Yeah. So it was uh, happy meals in the corner where they could kind of occupy themselves. And, yeah. and we had the hammers and, and all that stuff going too. but yeah. uh, such great experience though. Right. Because oh, now sure. you also know what you're looking for in terms of quality of work.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I mean, it's even really helped me like starting yeah. out as a realtor. Um, You know, it's really hard for most people starting out as a realtor, if they don't have that same kind of experience, like to kind of differentiate, differentiate yourself from other people, but like me, you know, I walk through a house with a client, I've only been a realtor for about a year now, but full time for six months, like I can walk through a house and notice all the things that are wrong with a house and walk through and be like, yeah, it'll cost you about this much to renovate this or, you know, um you could do this or you know this isn't that big of a problem like don't be scared away by this like i yeah. have a contractor that we can get in and fix this for you like you know
1: no you and know. It, it creates a lot of value for people exactly. that are that are buying houses that don't know
3: right yeah, exactly absolutely absolutely
1: awesome
4: so what do you think is uh you know the biggest hurdle or you know the biggest roadblock that you guys have encountered uh you know so far um
3: I mean, there's big so far, like, especially when you're starting out, right? Like you hit big hurdles and roadblocks on every project, especially like we buy a lot of old houses. Um, so you run into a lot of surprises. We're running into some with our, our current project right now, but, um, yeah, especially the area we're working in. We're, we're focusing near the downtown area of of Thunder Bay for the long-term growth. But, Mm -hmm. um, you, you a lot of hundred-year old houses. You see a lot of it, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, and, <laughs> I can uh, just imagine. Yeah, and, and it's like what we've done, um what we've done too is add units, and so it's a lot more difficult to to create those fire separations and everything um in an old house. Whereas if you have a you know sixties, seventies bungalow, it's pretty easy pretty
2: to, simple. Yep.
3: To, to do that. So It's, there's been a lot of big hurdles over, over the projects and we've, we've just, you know, we've tried to be open and honest with the city, um, through permitting and people, people usually help you figure it out and, uh, and you just, it's just a problem. You just got to get over You know, the end of the day, there's more problems around the corner. I think the biggest hurdle we're working on right now is just like really building up our, our contractor team, you know, it's tough to find that those really good contractors that are also really suited to working with an investor, mm-hmm. right? Cause you can find the contractors that do really good quality work. Um, but you know, they're booked six months out or they're so higher priced that, um, it kind of takes any of the money out of the deal left for you. Um, but they do great quality work and they're great for the average homeowner who wants a beautiful kitchen
2: yeah. um,
3: or a beautiful bathroom. Um, but then you've also got the contractors that are more affordable and more available, but then there's sometimes issues with quality work. So you kind of gotta find that balance and find the ones that are really uh,
1: it's a dance for sure. And I think yeah. that that quality tradespeople is an issue in every market, right? Yeah. and 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 like like most of us, right? We're okay paying for service and we're okay paying for quality, but not to the point where it's pulling money off the table from the deal. Yeah you know, and and usually the guys that know what they're doing in your market, especially in Northern Ontario, right? There's not a lot of people up here. It's yeah. not like dealing in Southern Ontario where you have 50 guys you could call,
5: mm-hmm. right?
1: In, in the North, it's, it's a smaller pool to pick from. So, yeah. and, and the guys that are good are booked six months, sometimes a year, yeah. right? I, I know even working with um, sellers that want to do some repair before they list or buyers that want some some quick little um shine ups as they're kind of moving in it's like we usually can't time it so the contractor matches with the timelines that they're looking for because everybody here is booked and I'm, I'm sure it's the same in the Sioux.
4: yeah yeah well and we'll even hear you know from a lot of investors um from job a to job b you don't know you'll get the same contractor but um you know because based on their crews um you know some of these contractors have two or three crews and hey last time we got crew a you when know, it was fantastic this time, I think we got crew D, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's, uh, you know, two, three jobs. It was fantastic. And then, you know, you call them up and uh, again, as they're growing their business and, you know, in their team, um, you know, if you get, you know, the new crew or if you get, you know, the crew that uh, is having a bad day, um, again, you're, you could add two or three quality jobs and job number three is, is subpar. So it's, it's a challenge, uh, even if you do have some good contacts. Yeah, absolutely. exactly.
5: Uh, what is the uh, one piece of information uh, you wish to share you had 10 years ago?
3: Um, I would say, like, one thing that I kind of think about and laugh about is just...
1: It doesn't that have that to be a whole 10 years, because I know you guys are
3: pretty young. Yeah,
4: answers to your grade 12 exam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I would say, like, a funny thing that I kind of think about a lot, um, I guess that... You know, university isn't always the best path. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a lot of you know good advice from people growing up, like go to university, get a good job, all that kind of stuff. And like, that's great for a lot of people um, and it is really good advice. It just didn't end up working out for us. And it's just kind of funny, like back in university, I worked a commission sales job for a good few years at actually Future Shop at the time um and back in the day like i would i would get advice from my bosses at the time like why are you going to university like you're really good at sales like why not just get into sales like you know you'll you'll make more money um and i was like no no like i gotta finish university get my good university job and then here i am seven years later quitting my university job to get back into sales (laughs) and it's kind of (laughs) like where would i have been as a realtor now if i started as a realtor seven years ago instead of starting out now oh don't know where Mike and Leanne went.
1: Hmm. i bet they'll join us as soon as uh they get i know they're camping this weekend so they're uh somewhere just outside of the sioux so their wi-fi kind of jumps back and forth
2: yeah
1: not uh, we've all. never been booted out before like that but um i'm sure i'm <laughs> sure they'll find their way back to us. just
5: just another challenge of podcasting right yeah, yeah exactly yeah, for sure
1: oh yeah. that's awesome uh, and you know what? I think you guys are, are doing such great work. You seem so complimentary to each other. And, um, like I, it, it feels like you're a really great fit. And I still like, I, I said to Steph the other night, I'm like, I'm so excited to see Josh just because we haven't talked yeah. in so long yeah. and it's, it's, we're connecting in an entirely different level.
2: Yeah. And,
1: and I think that, Oh, I just, I love it. I think that's such a neat way um, of life surprising us
3: yeah, yeah. No kidding. on the uh on the complimentary note just wait till our little brother finishes his carpentry ticket we'll oh no kidding. Really there's another time. one yeah
1: oh, i think there was only two of you guys
3: yeah our youngest brother is doing his carpentry apprenticeship right now oh, oh how amazing
1: well yeah. no and you know what like we're so we've got such great momentum right now that like our kids are like mom like is this a thing that we could do? And I went, absolutely. And and again, like we have the conversation with them about post-secondary. And if it's a fit for what you want to do, that's then that's great. And we'll support you and we'll encourage you and we'll help you. And we'll do all those things that parents are supposed to do. Um, but if you find out that it's not for you, please don't ever think that you need to stick with something to make us happy or to make society happy. Like
5: yeah. I think
1: it's ridiculous that at 17, you have to choose what you think you want to do for the rest of your life. And yeah. pay like $25,000 a year to do that.
3: Yeah. Right? yeah. I wasn't qualified to decide what I was going to do for the rest of my life when I was 18. Yeah. I Young don't
1: enough. think, I don't think anybody is. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and they came home. There you are. <laughs> we we're having technical difficulties.
0: That's okay. <laughs> okay. We're, we're at our that's trailer. Okay. <laughs> camping. <Yeah. laughs>
1: no, that's okay. We were and just cool. kind of having that's a conversation fun. about, uh, about university and how it's, you know, what every, society seems to kind of push that whole post-secondary piece. And for some kids, mm-hmm. like it's, it's just not a fit and it's totally possible to be successful without it. And, um, and I, I think that we should save that for like a, a podcast episode in itself.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: just about, how, cause we tell the kids all the time, you know what, if you have a passion, if you have something amazing that you want to do and a university degree is going to get you there, then do this, but we're going to teach you how to do the real estate piece on the side.
3: Yeah, for sure. It's Absolutely. like lots of people, I know me, like, you know, you got to um, a university degree is great, but like have a plan for what you're going to do with that degree. You know yeah. what I mean? Like know you're getting that degree because you want to do some certain thing. Yeah. Just like get a degree and then I'll be like, well, I got this degree and I'm going to do this, I guess. Yep. Like, you and know. it should get me a job, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe right. depending on what yeah. the economy is doing and where I want to live and and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. No, you're absolutely right, and all of that's fine and good. I'm still gonna teach the kids how to do investing yeah. on the side.
3: For sure,
1: yeah. sure.
2: Yeah. right?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm. I'm quite. I'm quite happy with my decision to to go to college and the route that I took because it's landed me a job that I do enjoy. It it yeah. burns me out, but uh, it is rewarding seeing projects come to a close. And at the end of the day it's given me the skills and the contacts to build up our 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 renovation business as is yeah Yeah. and uh yeah and without going to post-secondary i don't know that i would have found this path you know so it's it's been a valuable experience whether whether it was worth the dollars at the end of the day or not same with me i mean like no regrets like i you know working in mining that brought me there Got me the startup capital I needed to buy my first two houses. You know, bought my first house at 24. That was a duplex. Bought another one at 27, I think, or 26, mm-hmm. a duplex. Um, and uh, <clears throat> like it, working that job that I really didn't like and wanted to get out of is what forced me to work really hard to yep. figure this out, right? And who knows if I had done something different, if I would have ended up the same place. So, same so with me too. Story, worth- right.
0: I think, yeah. I think that's everybody's story that it's it's trying to get that how do we get out of something we don't like and that's what's forcing yeah. you to to get jump into real estate and really learning it and trying to you know navigate through that and it, and I know Jen you're in the same boat I was the same boat um yeah. we're all in
2: that same boat. Yeah. Always I always all right so
4: yeah I always say to my kids you know, you have to work for a bad boss. Yeah. You know what I mean to understand oh yeah um, I think it's, you know, one of the greatest, I would say it's one of the greatest lessons uh, you can have, you know, you work for a bad boss and, you know, it truly understands what, uh, you know, what you would do differently. And, and, you know, hopefully, though, you got to turn that around and use that as a positive spin, right? To say, like, you know, this is, you know, I want something better. I want to do something else. You know, if I'm ever in that position, you know, I'm not going to be like that kind of person. So, yeah. Yeah for sure
1: no and and you're right mike a a bad boss or a crappy job those are sometimes blessings because and and we tell our kids this all the time it's okay to sometimes not know what you want but you'll learn more figuring out what you don't want sometimes And that's exactly what a crappy job and a bad boss will, will show you. And it's exactly what you don't want or what you don't want to be or be around or any of those kinds of things. And then like Josh was, was saying to kind of go back a little bit that motivates you. Okay. How do I get out? How do I get out? And that kind of effort level doesn't usually happen unless you really, really, really want to do something different.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: All right on. So I just kind of want to veer off course a little bit because Josh said something right at the beginning. I wrote it down. And I wanted to kind of come back to it. So when you guys were discussing um, your roles and John, you're the, you're the um, construction yeah. hands-on um, project management piece and yeah. Josh, you're the, the realtor. So you source the deals and yeah. you find the investors. So you yeah. said, find the investors. Do you guys use investor money? Like, are you going into private money deals or like do you finance your own stuff it was just and if it's not something you want to talk about that again is okay but I found that super interesting because that kind of ties into what we all do as investors as well
3: for sure so yeah what we're doing now I mean especially with um you know we bought we self-funded our first few deals Mm -hmm. um, but especially with me leaving my mining job now like banks don't like new realtors Um, Right. They're not giving me a mortgage for a little while. So we have, you know, and we want to scale up quickly. Like we're looking kind of everything we do with our business, like same thing with why we're trying to build a team of contractors, things like that. Like we're always kind of looking at things like, what does this task look like when we have a hundred units? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not, okay, we want to buy a couple more houses. Like, you know, we're we're in our 20s. Like we've got years to go at this. Mm -hmm. It's like and we want to scale it up. So. We know we're only going to get so far without working with investors. Um, So what we're setting up right now are the deal that we're doing right now is our first deal with a joint venture partner. So we have a money partner on it. They've they're funding everything and we're doing the whole project. So basically we are setting up um, our systems so that basically I will, you know, be working actively with investors as a, you know, and I mean, all of my realtor career I'm working as like focusing as, as working with investors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'll find people who are interested in investing in real estate. Like what we're trying to do is basically create passive real estate investing for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so people that have money, but don't know how to, or don't want to do the work of investing in real estate. Um, basically get that connection um, and I kind of we figure out, you know, what you're looking for, how much capital you're looking to invest. And then I match the investor to the property. We find a property that's going to work, that's going to meet their investment criteria, um, get the deal closed, you know, um, line them up with our financing partners, lenders, um, everything to get the deal done. And then once the deal is done and, you know, focusing on projects, I would then hand it off to John um, to manage that project. Um, and then once the project is done, we refinance it, uh, return as much of the initial capital to the investor as possible, and then we um, own it under a you know joint venture ownership.
0: And Jen, you know, and we as well, you know, uh, using other people's money is a very big thing that, and they're very much advertised in the industry, right? And anything that you see is like you know, yeah, scale hard, you know, other people's money, and obviously we all do that. Um, but then people reach out to Jen and myself and Mike and stuff. And it's like, well, can you just introduce us to somebody? (laughs) Like, isn't it that, isn't this how it works? And it's like, well, as as your first joint venture, how difficult was it? Was it work to get a a joint venture? And how did that look like?
3: So our first one ended up being like a a family member that we knew that was interested. Mm -hmm. Right. So like kind of a distant family member that, um, not distant, but, you know, just someone that had money that was interested. So, I mean, that's like, obviously a really good place to start is just, um, you know, most, you know, most people know people with, you know, a a bit of money there that are are able to put some money into real estate, right? So that's kind of how we got started. And that's kind of a perfect way to get started because you want to start with someone and start getting things set up and run into the roadblocks with someone that already has that, you know, built in kind of trust with you. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, look in your close sphere of people of, you know, family and friends that know you that might be interested in investing with you um, is kind of my recommended way to get started. And then obviously, once you get your systems built up a little bit and get a bit more experience, then just start, you know, taking on outside investors.
1: Yep. And it usually grows to that, right? Steph's our investor money finder, and he's been the most successful between the two of us. Um, but yeah, he'll like, and, and we joke about this all the time, but he'll go to walk the dog and he'll come home and go, did you know, we have a neighbor who I think could be interested in, yeah. in, in like yeah. a little bit of OPM and I, I could, I could never do that. That's not my, and I, I know what I'm good at. And I know what I'm not good at. And I couldn't find OPM walking the dog, but he sure can. Yeah. yeah.
5: I'll yeah walk I mean, the dog, start, sorry. Go ahead. I'll walk the dog for a 10 minute walk and I'll come back two hours later. Yeah. And I actually met one of our neighbors that's actually moved here from New Brunswick that lives uh they used to live like streets away from two properties that we brought and bought in new brunswick it's hilarious
3: nice that's awesome yeah yeah it's like i mean you know there's lots of people out there who have a lot of money sitting in RSPs mm-hmm. and mutual funds that are giving them pretty um unexciting returns
2: yeah um,
3: exactly. uh, when you present them the offer that you know hey we can probably make you a better return than that um if and lots of people are interested in investing in real estate but like as you know, it is not a passive investment, no, right? Yeah. Especially when you're getting started. Like it's not like and most people are scared of you know the 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 toilet clogged calls at 2 a.m. and whatever, right? Which you know isn't or the actually tenant that common stories. But. right. Yes. And, yeah, and
1: we've all had those too, right? Yeah. We've all had the plug toilets, we've all had crappy tenants, we all have our nightmare landlord tenant board stories, right? Especially yeah. if you're I'm uh, investing in Ontario. Yeah. Um you know what, but it's, it's willing to kind of look past that and, and leave that behind. And and how can we kind of grow from that? And you're going to, you're going to have days like that. Like we're in four or five different markets now, and there's always a crappy tenant somewhere, but you know what, now for the most part, it's a property management problem. And and if it becomes, you know, a a bigger issue, we hear about it. But uh, other than that, like really Mm. we're to the point now where I don't want that phone call. If Mm. tenant number one doesn't like tenant number four, I don't care. Like they can fix that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's and when people find out that they can do that, and someone can help them do that, um, and own real estate without them having to figure it all out, and they don't have to be scared because they have a professional that knows what they're doing, taking care of it for them, then it's a pretty easy sell. I find a lot of the time people are Absolutely. pretty
1: easy. And, and that's how we've used our investor money. That's how Mike and Leanne have used their investor money is you make it really seamless and you make it very passive. And really you can almost always offer significantly more interest than what the bank is going to give them in a savings account or in a mutual fund or in a stock or, or whatever, without the risk. And yeah. so many people, and and I see them a lot in as a realtor. Josh, you you now do too. And Mike and Leanne are mortgage, mortgage folks. So they see it too. There's a ton of people that want to be involved in real estate and either don't know how or they don't have time no or desire. they're uninterested in the risk, the risk yeah. and the responsibility piece. So guess Perfect. what? Call us. We're happy to, you know what, plug your, your numbers yeah. into a deal and see what we can do. And for us, it's, it's worked out well so far. And I know yeah. Mike and Leanne are the same. So, why not keep going
3: with that? You think finding investor money is going to be the hardest part. And then, as soon as you start talking to people and start getting yourself set up a little bit, Mm -hmm. like you realize that's not really the hardest part at all. It's, you know, getting, finding the right good deals and then executing them and being set up well enough to execute the deals because you can quickly turn a really good deal into a bad one if you're not executing them properly.
1: Oh, for sure. And, and like you said, right, you, you plan that exit strategy and you look at how are we going to get out and things will likely go wrong and how can we risk manage those? And, um, and, and once you go and what we've found, and I know we've talked with Mike and Leanne about this many times, the more you go and the each time you buy something new and you have another property in your portfolio, it lends more credibility, Yeah. right? And then all of a sudden you're now, like people are coming to you going, I heard you do this. Like, could you take my money? Would you, could you do something for me? And it's like, of course, you know, let's let's take a look at what's going on. And it's to the point now, we have the kind of the conversation that, Okay, so we risk manage the best we can. But do things go wrong? Of course they do, right? Could appraisals come in low? They do and they have.
2: Yep. And
1: right, could the could the market switch and all of a sudden there's no value growth like you anticipated. All of those things happen in every market all the time, right? It's it's just a big cycle. And how do we risk manage that? Well, and that was a conversation on our, our last OPM deal was what if what if the deal goes wrong and you can't refinance or your appraisal doesn't come in higher? What does that look like? And now we have enough going on in other places that if that one property doesn't do what we're pretty sure it's going to do, we can pull from other places,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? And, And that comes as you grow and that comes as you get bigger and you scale. And then all of a sudden, it really, it doesn't matter if that property doesn't perform the way you want it to. It will eventually, maybe it's going to take you an extra six months or a year or a year and a half or whatever your refinance cycle looks like. But in the meantime, you've got all these other great things kind of clicking along in the background that can be used as leverage if you need them to be.
0: Yeah, I think that's a a good key point that you said, Jen, that your exit strategy is the most difficult part. Mm -hmm. And there's and we've seen it in the mortgage um, side of it. And we just had a discussion with our mortgage group of uh, not our clients, but somebody else's client bought out in New Brunswick uh, with private money. And their exit strategy was solely um, to refi and get out. And it was 100 percent OPM. Um, they did not um, look, you know, to a mortgage agent ahead of time to see what kind of position, because just like you said, Josh, I'm self-employed now. People don't want lenders don't want me. Yeah. That person was in the same situation. And now and because of that, the income just wasn't there. There's no A or B lenders that will look at them. So now, what are you know, what You're do they have? At, They're stuck.
4: A, a private, the tech private, tech and piece. the
0: private said, I don't, I want out. Mm-hmm. So now what? Right. Yeah. Sell the building. Like, yep. so I think a lot of people think we're well, great. OPM, you know, jump we in. jump in. Like,
3: yeah.
0: you have to have more than one exit strategy. You have to. Yeah.
3: Sure. And there's, there's also the kind of, you know, that there's a lot of, people uh that push the like oh you can you can invest in real estate all with other people's money and stuff like that but you need to have some of your own cash too
2: mm-hmm. you know what I mean? mm-hmm. to get
3: the de- to make the deals happen to do that stuff and that's you know the thing we're finding very quickly is like we're like okay well we'll just you know start getting a bunch of joint venture partners and like it's fine we don't you know we're using other people's money but it's like well no you need and like so that's why we're looking at right now where you know, obviously, I'm trying to build up. Really focus on just building up my realtor business so that I have cash coming in from that. Yep. Um, for capital to use for to make our deals happen, and then same thing with John. We're looking at other ways to build cash flow on his side, um, just so that we can build up that cash for both of us to to make the deals happen. Because, mm-hmm. you know, even if you have an investor putting up you know even if you're doing a joint venture partnership where you're splitting the deal and the investors putting up all the money you still need your own cash to make the deal happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you still need your own cash at times to to make stuff happen to whatever and run the business so yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and for whatever right whether your cash flow short and you need to pay uh need to pay holding costs or a lawyer or like you know and that kind of stuff comes up all the time
3: yeah, mm-hmm. All the time. Or, I mean, something happens to the property and if you're 50 50 ownership, you're both supposed to cough up 50 yep. 50 mm-hmm. um, to if the if you know something big happens, um, like I just had to spend over 10 grand blue skinning the back of one of my uh, one of my rentals, because it flooded in the spring. And you know, when that if that happens, and you don't have enough of a cash reserve on hand um, from the rent incomes, then you're going to need to be able to cough up some cash. So yeah. yeah.
1: And it's true, being self-employed like you are, Josh, like I am, like Leanne is. You know what I mean? We we rely on the nine to five partners, and even that will only carry so far in financing because eventually the banks are going to say enough. You know what I mean? Like we can't go any further. There's just you can't squeeze any more out, yeah. and and there needs to kind of be that balance. Yeah,
3: absolutely,
4: right on. So- What uh, what has been a key to your success? Is it, you know, a single item or a few of them?
3: Um, a few, I'd say we learned, uh, we learned pretty quickly. Um, working with a mentor really, really helps things out. Josh, Josh has a good mentor, uh, with his, uh, with his realty team at Royal Page. and, uh, we've been working with, uh, an investor mentor, um, to help us just you know get the get the structure set up before we you know, get the foundation set up before we put the rest of the structure together um sometimes when you start out you feel like you got to figure everything out yourself right yeah. yeah and then you suddenly start to grow a whole lot quicker when you're just like well a lot of people have already figured this out and you can either find them and work with them or pay someone to uh help you and teach you and get it all figured out way faster than trying wow. to figure it out
5: yeah.
1: there's work smart not hard
3: yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Right we on. always we always d- talk about that all as well, and we've discussed it on the uh, podcast several times before. Surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you, rather okay. than try to figure it out yourself. So, and, and that comes with building your team, building your uh, all your contractor base, and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Lean on the experts, and then also just like give the success is just like do the work, like. It's going to be a lot of work. You're going to have to make sacrifices to make it work. And you just got to do whatever, like you got to be willing to do whatever it takes. Starting a business is never going to be easy. Um, you got to be willing to do whatever it takes to make it work.
1: No, And the line is never straight, right? It's not a linear journey. You're not just going from point A to point B. You're kind of a little bit all over the place. Oh
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay.
5: Okay. Next question. Is there anything on your real estate journey you would, uh, you would change from,
1: or have changed so far? Yeah. I know you guys are still pretty fresh. Um,
3: but I it sounds say, like great learning uh, already. I would say we, uh, we just started out doing most things ourselves, which we talked about earlier. It's taught us a lot of good lessons, but at the same time we could likely be, a few more properties in if we had just hired it out and got those projects done sooner so uh, everything's a learning experience we're not gonna not gonna say we wish we changed anything or you know i don't regret anything that i've done i everything's a learning experience so um i think if anything it would have been working with just like uh just like you said, Steph, you surround yourself with smarter people. You you hire the experts to help you along the way. So um, that definitely would have uh, helped us helped us move forward quicker. Yeah, just take on some, you know, start working with the professionals a little sooner.
5: Yeah, but absolutely. Okay, so we're gonna jump into the lightning round. Uh, so we're just gonna pepper you with uh, some questions, and we're just looking for some quick uh, quick answers. Okay. Uh, whatever jumps in your head first. Okay. Okay. First one. What are three things you can't live without? Um. You know, surround yourself with good people. So
3: family, friends. Um. You always need downtime. If you don't get any downtime, you burn out. Yep. Uh. So you need to need to maintain your your hobbies that you enjoy. Um. You got anything? Um, 100% family, friends. Uh, I love to travel, like, high priority for me, which I haven't done too much of this year, but uh, yeah, love traveling and then um, food. I was
5: waiting for you to slip in beer or wine, yeah, and wine. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We have yeah. uh, we got a tongue
3: for wine, that's yeah. for sure, yeah.
1: I think we, I think maybe that's a Northern Ontario thing. I could drink mine wine all day the Italian
3: want. in us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Okay. So if you could go back in time and I know that John kind of touched on this, the last question, but uh, is there anything you would change about your journey or you're uh, just, yeah. I, I think you guys do a really great job of just kind of appreciating the journey for what it is. Right. And even yeah. on the stuff that doesn't go amazing, that it, you kind of try to grab whatever the lesson is and, and roll with it and, and grow it into to something better on. next time. Yeah
3: yeah yeah i wouldn't i mean the same, same things we already talked about i'd say is just you know like the the hiring people sooner the you know looking back being like hey i wish i started as a realtor eight years ago instead of going to university but at the same time you know you never know how things would have turned out if you changed that seven years ago or something yeah. so yeah sure enough yeah, appreciate it for for the lesson that it is you know, oh, yeah we, <laughs> some days
1: we appreciate stuff all day long <laughs> right because
2: yeah.
0: everybody knows there's days like that yeah yeah okay question number three choose one only one a hundred doors or a million dollars
3: a hundred doors Hmm. john probably a million dollars (laughs) (laughs) turn that into a lot of a lot of cash yeah yeah or a lot of uh a lot of problems it's gonna be hard to buy a hundred doors for a million bucks so i'm gonna i'm gonna go the hundred doors yeah Yeah.
0: we've had we've had this question before and people have said but do your hundred doors cash flow and say ah right?
2: Mm-hmm. right. So, it well, kind well, of so depends on the <laughs> <bucks. laughs> yeah. right.
4: um, If you could invest anywhere with no strings attached, where would it be? You talked about traveling, so kind of maybe a um, in vineyard in Italy, maybe. Yeah, we have <laughs> a we have
3: a dream of one day buying a vineyard somewhere. If, if, you know, all goes well and one day we've uh, got the money to do it, owning a, the retirement passion project would be to buy a vineyard somewhere, maybe California or Italy, but uh, we have discussed discussed, um, wanting to one day, like, you know, obviously we're trying to get our um, systems figured out and get things sorted in Thunder Bay, but we do want to expand out of Thunder Bay, um, you know, fairly soon when we feel like the time is right. Yep. Um, but would it would, we've also discussed it would be fun to like own some Airbnbs in places that we like to visit. Um, yep. So BC, California, things like that. Like own a couple houses in places where we Airbnb it out and we just have like a place that we know we can go. Anytime. Whenever we want and it's there and it makes us money the rest of the time. When
1: you're not there. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah.
3: Uh, is it my turn?
5: I think mm-hmm. it's my turn. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, what is the best thing about working with your brother? <laughs> um, bad, yeah i mean that's a loaded um, question
3: yeah uh i mean there's no one closer right i grew up with him yeah um there's yeah. no one i can trust more really um and know that he's got my back and i've got his back so we grew up making fun of each other and we can still do that yeah. and, and still uh make some progress on the business so oh, yeah. i like that yeah, yeah, we know. live just down the street from each other too so it's, it's quite convenient mm-hmm.
1: Oh that that is. Okay, so on the flip side, what's the worst thing about working
3: with your brother? Knowing bad habits of the other person. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know all the skeletons in the closets, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I bet.
3: No, honestly, it's it's way more good than bad. Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, you can tell. I mean, you guys, it's very easy to see that you're comfortable with each other and you're you are very complimentary to each other. And uh, it's easy to see that you work well together, for sure. Yeah. Okay.
5: I can't, uh, I can't wait to see what the uh, team's going to look like when uh, brother number three shows up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: Oh, we're totally having you guys back on the podcast for that one. For sure. We got a big, we got a
3: big age gap between us. So it's like, he's four years younger than me. And then our youngest brother's four years younger than him. So three years, there's some, uh, you know, time to bring everything along. And, um, yeah, that's why, but we'll get there.
0: Yep. No, for sure. Excellent. Okay. So where are you 10 years from now?
3: 10 years from now, I think we'd like to be expanded outside of the Thunder Bay market. Um, Like we said, that's a goal we're working on as quick as we can get to. Um, We're uh, 10 years from now, we're hoping to have our renovation business set up with our little brother, um, having his, uh, having his carpentry apprenticeship done Um, and uh, just as, as another cash flowing business, but also just to vertically integrate the, the process, it, it'll be really good to, to have full control of that aspect of, of the work. Yeah, I'd like to really be, you know, I mean, we're doing residential right now um, and, you know, the small multifamilies and stuff. But 10 years from now, you know, we see some pretty big projects happening around our like Thunder Bay right now. Um, There's like an old historical building that unfortunately actually burned down while it was getting renovated, but it's getting they're you know, building a big like 42 unit development. And um, there's some other, you know, bigger, older buildings being developed with commercial spaces and converting to, you know, apartment units and things like that. And like the thing we enjoy most about real estate investing is taking an old building and making it into something new and cool. Um, Like, even though I'm on the realtor side, like, that's still my favorite part about real estate investing is like walking into an old house and being like, I know what I can turn this into. Like, I know what this looks like when it's done. Um, So we'd really like to be able to, you know, kind of what we want to do is build up a portfolio, like a stable portfolio that gets kind of mostly paid off that gives us that, you know, stable monthly cash flow. But that can then allow us to, you know, have that to support doing like bigger, cool projects that are like, we find really fun. So yeah,
4: great. Good. What uh, last question? So uh, to wind it up, what's the perfect summer vacation? Italy. <laughs> I hear it's I, hot there in the summer. Yeah, it is.
3: Yeah. Um, anywhere, anywhere on my mountain bike, I think. That's, oh, right on. That's ideal. Yeah yeah, we both like mountain biking, so the trip to BC would be sweet. Um, we did a family. We, we have some family in Italy and we went on a big trip there a couple of years ago and just haven't gotten to go back since since CoVID and just want to go back, fell in love with it when we were there. so
1: yeah well, I have no doubts that uh, that you'll be there sooner than you think
2: yeah,
3: no sure. yeah, definitely. Something more
4: adventurous than just a beach vacation
2: yeah yeah yeah
4: for sure so good so just want to you know thank you guys today for you know giving us your time um you know i'm sure your story is going to inspire a lot of people um you know being 29 and 25 and you know kind of realizing early on that uh you know the the nine to five life wasn't for you guys and you know you had bigger dreams right it's so important for people to follow that so I always say, uh, you know, I really want to thank you guys for keeping it real. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we appreciate you guys coming on and, and telling your story. And I think like Jen and Steph said, uh, you know, we'd be really excited to uh, to keep in touch and, and follow mm-hmm. your progress and, you know, have you guys back, uh, you know, six months, a year or, you know, two years. And, Hopefully, yeah. you'll invite us to the vineyard. When, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll call
3: that like a 20 year goal, maybe. But yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: right. OK, so and I I'm just going to say because this is we have a really great close knit community of investors who kind of uh, we connect with through the podcast and through conversations and um, in Thunder Bay, I'm sure that you're looking for some exposure and some networking to kind of get this kind of stuff out there. Are you open to people contacting you? Yeah. Um, because we do have a lot of that go on through the podcast.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, so absolutely. For sure.
1: How's we the think. best way to find you?
3: Um, so, I mean, you can email either of us uh, anytime. Mine's josh at jbbrothers.ca. Yeah. Um, and John's is john at jbbrothers.ca. Um, yeah. We have a website. It's just jbbrothers.ca. Um, you can, like, put in your email there and, um, we uh will be emailing stuff out at some point when we get around to that <laughs> yeah. um but and then yeah you can just uh, best way honestly to follow along with what we're up to is just follow us on instagram okay. um, we post on facebook a bit too but mostly like the best place would be instagram which is just uh at jb brothers ltd jb brothers limited
1: perfect awesome, awesome. well again thank you so much guys josh it yeah. was wonderful to connect again and to check in and see how you're doing it's been way too long. And I hope that we don't go that long again without checking back in with you.
3: For sure. We'll be staying in touch. Absolutely. Absolutely. And John,
1: lovely to meet you. Um, You guys are a force to be reckoned with. And I can't wait to hear more about what you have going on in Thunder Bay. So
2: um, so It's been awesome
3: chatting. I really appreciate you guys having us on. Yeah. Yeah, Anytime, Uh guys.
1: Okay. So uh, enjoy the rest of your evening and we'll connect again soon. And thanks to everybody who watched today and we'll be back with another new episode soon.
2: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye.